everyone. We are here at New Hope Radio. Very glad to be with you today. So important that we just spend a little time every day in God's Word. That's why we're here. We're here to help you just get into the Word of God. It makes a difference in our lives. Oh, it certainly does. We're talking about compassion and Christianity. Uh, they really do go together. And, you know, like, can you have Christianity without compassion? Really? I think compassion is one of the trademarks of Christianity. You know, I love the stories that Jesus told. Because they were, they were true-to-life stories. He spoke about fig trees, mustard seeds, cloudy skies, children playing, farmers. He told stories because he wanted to impact people. Nothing can impact a person like a good story. And he wanted them to see how divine truth works in their lives and then the positive results that it brings. You know, the stories of Jesus, they also brought a warning to those who ignored what he was communicating. So like I said, in our series, Compassion and Christianity, because they do go together, we're seeing that our Christian walk does and must include compassion. It must, with a capital M. Now, Jesus told a story that I, I, I don't know if there's anybody that hasn't heard this story in the civilized world. He told the story of what we call the Good Samaritan. Everybody knows that story. And he not only drives home the point of being compassionate, but also that compassion is not selective. Think about that. For compassion to be compassion, it's not selective. You know, it's not like, well, I'll show compassion to you, but not to you. Not only is it good to know the meaning of the story, but why did Jesus tell it? He has a reason for every story that he told. Here's why he told the story. A lawyer stood up to test Jesus, and he asked him how to obtain eternal life. They're always testing him. And Jesus gave a very practical answer, Luke 10, verse 26. And he said to him, well, what is written in the law? How does it read to you? And he answered, <clears throat> the lawyer answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, That's right, you've answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Oh, but wait a minute. Wishing to justify himself, the lawyer, he asked another question. Okay, Jesus, who is my neighbor? If I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself, okay, who is my neighbor? So Jesus tells a story. In verse 30, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, this was a very dangerous road. 
and he fell among robbers, and they stripped him and beat him, and went away leaving him half dead. So this poor guy, he's just been victimized. And by chance, a priest was going down on that road. And when he saw him, what? He passed by on the other side. Huh. Perhaps thinking the man was dead, and if he touched him, oh, he'd become unclean. And he'd be disqualified from his priestly duties until he could ceremonially wash again. So I call that scene ritual over relationship. What's more important to this man is the ritual of his religion rather than the relationships that he should be having with people. Think about that. Not only is compassion part of Christianity, but so are relationships part of Christianity. We have to remember that. You don't go it alone in Christianity and then think you're doing the will of God. No. God has called us a body. God has called us bricks in a building. So that means we all fit together, right? He's called us sheep, and sheep go in flocks. He's the shepherd. Okay? So we got the first priest. Ritual over relationship. More involved in the overt things of his religion than the personal things. Secondly, verse 32, Likewise, a Levite will call this guy an assistant to the priest. Also, and he came to the place, he came and he looked, and he saw him. You know what he did? Passed by on the other side. And by the way, the word for look in all of these scenes is the word harao, and it means a long look. You know, like when you look at the horizon, you go from left to right, or maybe right to left. You take in the whole thing. It's like a staring kind of a look. There's another word for look, blepo. It's like a glance. You know, we get the word bleep, you know, like bleep on a radar screen, bleep, bleep. A blepo was just a glance. He didn't just glance at the guy. No, they hurrahed him. They took a long look, but it didn't affect him. And they kept on, kept on going. So the Levite, a closer inspection of the man, and he seems like this guy, you know what? He's going to play it safe because thieves often used decoys to trap unsuspecting victims. They did that, you know. They would use, like a guy would play dead. And if someone went over to help him, they'd jump on that guy. So he's like, oh, no, man, I'm not risking anything to help this guy. Do you ever think like that? I'm not risking anything to help this guy. But in verse 33, Jesus starts off with a word. But. But. You know what that means? Something different is going on here. And why is something different going to happen with this third guy? Because compassion is not selective. That's our word today. That's what I want us to remember. Compassion is not selective. Okay? Just tuck that away. So Jesus said, but a Samaritan who was on a journey. He's kind of specific with this guy. Like, this guy has a destination. Jesus is making a point 
This guy is going somewhere. He's probably on a time schedule to be somewhere. But when he came upon him and when he saw him, hurrah oh, he took a long look just like the other two, but he felt compassion. And notice how compassion directs one's life. The Samaritan was of a different race. Jesus emphasized that this guy was of a different race than the first two. So then the first two, being a priest and a Levite, we would consider them as Jewish. This guy was a Samaritan. And I think the point Jesus is making is the guy that was victimized, beaten, robbed, half dead, he was Jewish too. So the Samaritan is of a different race. He's on a journey, appears to have a specific destination, a schedule. But in verse 34, he came to him after he watched him, and he bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. Wine was often used as a medicinal medicinal cleansing agent because it has alcohol in it, right? Someone once said, here's compassion. Compassion is your pain in my heart. That's compassion. The ability to identify with someone else. You see, it takes feeling what someone else feels to have compassion. This Samaritan, he felt what that guy felt. He was like, oh. He felt the pain in his own heart. And he went over to help him. And he put him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Now, obviously, this was a redirecting of his intentions to go to Jericho. He's on his way to Jericho. All of a sudden, boom, something is more important. People. People are important. You know, we're living in a day and age when people don't see people as important. There's a lot of Corruption is killing, abortions, you name it. People don't see people as important. Maybe that's the number one problem with the world. People don't see people as important. They don't. Because they don't know God and they don't see that people are made in the image of God. But this Samaritan, oh no, he said, that guy is important. He's not even of my race. And by the way, that race, they don't even like me. Jews and Samaritans, they don't like each other. But he went beyond that. Verse 35, on the next day, wait a minute, this guy stayed overnight in the inn with him. He didn't drop him off and get on his donkey and take off. He stayed overnight and took care of him. Then on the next day, he took out two denarii gave them to the innkeeper, and he said, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I return, I'll repay you. See, I'm going to Jericho, but I'm coming back. And when I come back, I'll pay you whatever it is that it cost you to take care of this guy. Now, think about this Samaritan. He must have had a pretty honest reputation for the innkeeper to trust him for any added added expenses, right? Wouldn't you say? Maybe the Samaritan came by quite a bit. Maybe he used that in on other occasions, and he always paid his bill, and he had a good testimony 
So the innkeeper, here it comes, trusted him. Can you see how important it is to have a good testimony before others? Because you might need that testimony one day. You want to be the kind of a person where people trust you because you might find yourself in a situation where they have to trust you and you have nothing else to offer except your testimony. So it makes us ask the question, what am I known as? Or what do people think when they see me? What kind of person do they think that I am? We need to really protect our testimony, our reputation. Because you never know when you're going to need an honest reputation, an honest testimony, in order to get the help that you need. Okay? Never waste a good life with a bad testimony. Isn't that true? Never waste a good life. Life is good, but don't ruin it with a bad testimony. Because a bad testimony, that could mean mm, you might not get the help you need. You know, you might, you, you people that burn bridges, they get to a point where nobody wants to help them anymore. Bad choices, they burned all their bridges. And you know, we've got to, when, the more well you're thought of, the more inclined people would be to help you, to trust you. We need to protect our reputation. And you know, it's true. It takes a lifetime to build a good reputation in a moment to tear it down. A moment, one bad decision can destroy one's reputation. And it's taken a lifetime to build it. Oh, we have to be so astute, so smart. Because our reputation is sometimes it's all we have. So in verse 36, Jesus pops the question. Told the story. <clears throat> pops the question. He said to the lawyer, So which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? Hmm. Three guys came by, right? They all looked at the guy. Two kept going. One stopped, put everything on hold. Helped him out. And the lawyer said, well, the one who showed mercy toward him. In other words, compassion. And then Jesus said, okay, go and do the same. Oh, there it is. Go and do the same. You know, that is a timeless command. Jesus didn't teach things because he liked to hear his voice. He didn't teach things because he liked to hear, oh, that was a good story, Jesus, tell another one. He taught things so people could direct their lives. They'd have something to live for, something to shoot for. They'd have a direction with their lives. That's why he says, now go and do the same. What does that mean? Go and be a compassionate person. Go be compassionate. Do the same thing. Be like the Samaritan. You want to you wanna feel like you're living life to the fullest? Go and do the same. Show compassion. You want to feel like you're at the top of your game? Show compassion. Go and do the same. That's what he's saying. Because you see, that's how God's people represent God. Want to represent God? Have compassion. 
You know, a lot of believers today, we've become very judgmental. That's not good. We don't need any more judges. We need compassionate people. Just identify with people. Be compassionate. Show mercy. Be sensitive. Don't be the judge. See, compassion never goes out of date. And again, it's never selective. It's not selective. Compassion is compassion, which means it goes to all people. God's compassion toward us, for God so loved what? The whole world that he gave his only begotten son. God didn't love some and hate others. Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, my Bible tells me. That whoever, anybody and everybody, believes in him, would never perish, but have everlasting life. Think for a moment the compassion God has shown all of humanity by sending Jesus to atone for all of our sins. I mean, can you imagine what that was like to atone for the sins of every person? I can't even imagine. I can't. I'm sure it was horrific. You know, we look at Jesus on the cross, beaten and bloody, but spiritually, could it have been worse when his father judged him for all of our sins? This was like, that was family business. We didn't even see that part of it. We don't see what God is doing with the son to judge him. And when Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What was that like? So we just see the physical aspect of the suffering of Christ, but we don't see the spiritual aspect. And why did he do that? He did that for all of us. He wasn't selective. He did it for the whole world. Christ died for the sins of the whole world. That's compassion. And how many blinded people, they still don't see it. Nope. They don't see it. They don't want it. They don't care about it. See, here's the thing. If you don't receive the compassion of God, in time, you're going to receive the judgment of God. But God sent his compassion before he sent his judgment. And those don't, that don't want his compassion will reap judgment. It's appointed for men to die once. And then comes the judgment. So it's coming. It's going to come. And that's why we do the best we can to reveal Christ to our friends and loved ones and co-workers and neighbors and just to show them Christ is loving and compassionate. And don't miss out because the ham is coming. And you don't, you don't, you, you can miss it if you, if you receive his compassion first. You won't have to receive the judgment because Christ takes your judgment. If you have put your faith in Christ as Savior, you are a benefactor of God's compassion. You are. But if you haven't, I wouldn't let any time go by. I, You know, I, I do it today. You don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't even know what tonight holds. Do it today. Yes, God. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. 
I believe that his shed blood covers all my sins. And through him, I can find forgiveness and eternal life. See, that's the good news of Christ. Good news. That's what it means to believe. Acknowledging that Jesus is God and he's the Savior of the world. He came as a man because God can't die. He came as a man because God can't bleed. God can't suffer. But as a man, Christ came and shed his blood. He's a perfect man. Wow, never had a thought, a word, or a deed that was sinful. Never. He went 33 years like that. I can't go an hour. (laughs) He went, well, maybe an hour, maybe, if I'm lucky on a good day. But he, 33 years, he kept himself pure so he could be that sacrifice for the sins of the world. That's why well, he did the work. All we need to do, confess him as our Savior. That's it. And the fact that Christ came is evidence of God's compassion toward us. That's the evidence. How do you know? Say, how do I know God loves me? Christ came, died on the cross. That's why every church should have a cross as a reminder of God's compassion, of God's love. I know some churches don't have crosses today. That's a mystery to me. I don't know why. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the cross. It's the power of God to salvation. Could have a cross. That's the reminder. You you look at the cross when you're feeling bad. When you're feeling down, when you're feeling unloved, when you're feeling hopeless, you look at the cross. And you say, oh, there it is. Whoops. There's my hope. I'm getting all excited over here. I'm knocking everything over. There's my hope. My hope is in Christ. It never goes away. So you constantly look at the cross. The cross is not an emblem of decoration. It's a reminder of suffering. The suffering of one who didn't deserve it. In place of those who did. One person said, if you want others to be happy, practice compassion. If you want to be happy, practice compassion. I don't know, that makes sense to me. It really does. Can you see how compassion is a very big part of our character? A compassionate character. Wow. There's a person that's going to be loved by many. When you have a compassionate character, you, you, you be, people are drawn to you because everybody needs that. People need that kind of compassion in their life from others. And if we don't have compassion, you know what? We could be repelling. You can repel people. People with no compassion repel others. They're no fun to be around. They're not alive. Full of life, they're like, they're just stuck in the mud. But when you've got compassion, you're like Christ. People wanted to be around Christ. They followed him by the thousands. Sometimes he said some things and he challenged them. They didn't want the challenge. You're like, I'm out of here. Well, that's their issue. That's their issue. Let Jesus challenge you. Let him. Because his challenge is always for the better. Oh, yeah. It's to make us better. Not bitter, better. So let's work on compassion. Compassion 
is not selective. Okay? Don't look at someone and say, well, I would never show them compassion. You know, you look at a homeless person on the corner holding up a sign, and it's easy to judge them and say, why don't you get a job? You know what's a lot easier? Give them a little package you might be carrying in your car with some snacks and maybe a little spiritual booklet and say, here, this is for you. That's compassion. And you know, you're you're showing them, you're giving them a token of your love and you're giving them something that could lead them to Christ. Isn't that the important thing? Lead them to Christ. We, We have these bags here at New Hope that we make available with a little list to fill them up with snacks and water and all kinds of things, toothbrush, toothpaste, and, and keep it in your car and give it to the homeless when you see them. And inside there are some little spiritual booklets that lead them to Christ and explain the gospel. I would say that's compassion. Here, take that. And they feel that somebody noticed them, somebody cares about them, And you feel pretty good because you never know if you're going to see that person in heaven for what you did for them. It's incredible. You never know how far your compassion can go and how it can turn around the life of a person. Oh, some people, they're looking for an opportunity to make a 180, and they just can't seem to get it going. They're just stuck. And someone comes along and shows them some kindness and some compassion. And that's all they need. That's all they need to get that momentum going, pick themselves up, and stop moving. Want to hear this message again? The Hope Club Podcast. It'll be there. The Good Samaritan. Plain and simple. I think we need to be reminded of the value of compassion because it's part of our Christian character. It's a very big part of our Christian character. The Hope Club Podcast. Just type it in anywhere. Type it in online. It'll bring you there. Go to our website, newhopecc.tv. Scroll down. It'll be there. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all those places. uh, Podcasts are all over the place today. Easy to find. All you need to type in is The Hope Club Podcast. That's it. Look for The Good Samaritan. It'll be right there on top. And let it remind you and encourage you to be a compassionate individual. (laughs) 